0: In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's Light. Pretty cool,
1: huh?
0: Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bogleman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast.
1: Episode 195. Awesome. Uh, so, five away
0: from 200. Holy crap. we got to get on that. Uh, <laughs> anyways. So, um, we are covering... I don't know what we're going to call this episode. I haven't decided what to name it yet. Uh, we're covering Green Lantern number 34, Green Lantern Corps number 34, Sinestro number 4, and Sinestro number 5.
1: It could be all how all the time.
0: Sure, why not? Or something
1: like that. How's
0: <laughs> the common theme? Well, um, do we want to just go ahead and take uh, take uh, Green Lantern and start with that and work our way down?
1: Hopefully work our way up. <laughs> 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 but yes, we can start with with number 34 with this really interesting cover. Meet Aga, the Dismantler of Worlds, and say goodbye to Simon Baz, and of course, neither Nilo- Neither of those things really has any real bearing with it. <laughs> All right, there's no real truth in either statement based on what's in the issue.
0: Way to go, gotta DC. Love,
1: gotta love covers. <laughs> and say goodbye to Simon Baz. Why? Because he took a damn vacation. <laughs> like, oh, oi. Alrighty then. So we begin in Space Sector 0687 which is freaky do-rag-wearing alien. Kind of like walking around in the dark in the woods like they shouldn't be here, they can't be here and then of course they're shocked to see a member of the Green Lantern Corps, which of course is Hal and Hal points out the reports of the Green Lantern Corps' death has been greatly exaggerated and one of the on- ongoing pieces of humor on the issue, because Hal can't fig- get this alien's name right, which would make sense because it's, it's a mess it's like rush. No, Wakleyag or whatever. So I was like, he keeps mispronouncing it, and it's like, whatever. It's like that. You're under arrest for violation of the universal criminal code. And the alien starts kind of like taunting him. Aga starts taunting him. It's like, you think you can return me to prison? You should have brought friends. And of course, that's a good way to get Hal going by, by pushing his buttons. And of course, pre- previously, I guess she had a, she had a, a blaster, a death ray, and they assumed that. At least Hal assumed that that was the only weapon that she had, but as it turns out, that that was not the only weapon that she had. Because as she le- as she reaches out and tries to attack Hal and points out that it's the willpower that uh she wants from him, that she can taste his willpower. That basically she is a how how do they phrase it? She is an an em an, an empathic leech, and especially with willpower, that she, she is able to suck the willpower out of Hal and charge herself up, become bigger, become stronger. It's kind of interesting because the more emotions I guess she she gets bombarded with, so I guess the closer and more interaction she gets with the emotional spectrum, it kind of just completely screws her up. But if she just has to focus on willpower alone, then she can just suck the Green Lantern Corps dry in theory. No pun intended. So they engage in a fight and she's basically a, doing a good job absorbing Hal's energy. Hal goes to the old uh, fisticuff route, or physical combats. And first, she, he, he pretty much clocks her with a branch. And she keeps, she keeps talking trash. And he goes, do me a favor, as he smacks her for the second time and knocks her unconscious. Nap while we're in transit. It's going to be a short trip. Uh, we return to Mogo with an, yet another very horribly drawn central power battery. But Hal returns Aga. Mispronouncing her name again, and he he brings her back to Mogo to turn her over to Vaz to put her back in prison where she belongs. And standing next to Vaz, surprisingly, is Simon Baz, and that kind of that thro- kind of throws Hal off. And he's going like, "What are you What are you doing here?" I was like you're supposed to stay on Earth. Doesn't anybody follow orders? Which is kind of funny coming from Hal. It's a little interesting that it's a total. You know, a total change of pace that Hal, who doesn't follow anybody's orders pretty much, certainly not the Guardians, and now he's the one calling the shots, and of course, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, Simon points out that it was okay, because Guy kind of gave him a pass, to pass through Red Lantern territory. As they're continuing their little conversation, Aga breaks out of the energy-constructed transport cell that Hal had created. She starts getting supercharged off, off willpower. Hal's kind of funny. He tells, Mogo, could you like turn down the willpower? It's like, everything I do, I'm a living planet. Everything I do requires will. At that point, uh, Hal sees his niece because as we find out a few minutes later, that that as a surprise to Hal, that Simon pretty much, since Hal can't come to Earth, uh, Simon helped bring a piece of Earth to him and brought his brother Jim, his wife, and, and their Hal's niece and nephew, but his niece comes running out as Uncle Hal's here, and Hal of course wants to protect her as he's as he's fighting Aga. As soon as Aga and Aga sees what's going on, and the kids and his uh, Hal's brother and br- sister-in-law see what's going on, and the kids really—they all are afraid, but the kids especially are super afraid, and they and they kind of scream out. And the fear pretty much overloads Aga and makes her vulnerable because, again, willpower is good for her, but the other emotions are not so much or in other parts of the spectrum. So she pretty much is – she pretty much passes out because of the sensing all the fear. Um, now Hal comes up with this brainstorm of, hey, Vaz, you know, get, him, get him to the power dampeners inside the lockup. It's like like you shouldn't have done that right away. <laughs> you know, Vaz says, no, nope, it will be my pleasure. Hal transforms back into his uh, human non-Green Lantern outfit with his bomber jacket. His civvies. His civvies, which of course, and miraculously enough, his haircut changes too. <laughs> and that's just been, which we'll come back to in a second, because since we, at this point, has been firmly established how much I hate Billy Tan's way of drawing Hal's hair. <laughs> There's a point, we'll, we'll double back to this in a second. And there's also a coloring mistake by giving Hal a blue jacket for a second. Yeah, he, obviously the, the takes, colorist got he, he got confused that he wasn't drawing Jim again and he was drawing Hal. But nonetheless,
0: Hal <laughs> Hal took off his blue jeans, bomber jacket, and life beater, and then put on gray slacks and a blue yeah. sweatshirt,
1: <laughs> and a blue bomber jacket, and and yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> the, it just gets better, people. So Hal, you know, Hal keeps uh. Hal kind of said, It's great to see everybody. He points out to Simon, you know, you know, it kind of would have been nice to know, you know, it, I appreciate it, but it would have been nice to know this was, you know, you were going to do this. Kilowatt kind of points out, hey, basically it's on me, you know, because everyone's been on leave after the war. And since, like I mentioned before, Hal couldn't really go as a leader. And because of the Red Lanterns being in charge of 2814, Hal couldn't really go to Earth. But so Kilowatt figured, If Guy was all right with it, you know, know, might as well bring a piece of earth to Hal to make him feel more at home. So, and obviously Simon points out or says that he doesn't, he didn't mind at all since he didn't mind seeing the stars, which is kind of, again, an interesting take because he's a Green Lantern who has been in space a little bit, but not really much other than War, uh, Wrath of the First Lantern. He pretty much has been and a little bit during uh, the end of, uh, whatchamacallit, Rise of the Third Army that for the most part, he's been an earthbound Green Lantern. So nice change of pace for him from his point of view. Um, Kilowog gets a piggy, nice piggyback rise <laughs> into to Hal's nephew. Um, Kilowog says, Hey, you know, let's, we're going to take you guys to meet St. Walker. Cause he's, he would want to miss meeting you guys while, uh, so Kilowog go, goes off with the kids. Simon Baz follows along with Jim's wife, and pretty much Jim and Hal go to have a have a bonding moment and they're sitting down having some kundish ale which is kind of funny cuz it, it kind of reminds me of a uh, Prometheus like the things that they snapped open in Prometheus with the black goo that's what the bottles of kundish ale look like never seen it yeah when you see it you'll you'll, you'll it's just the way just the way the, the tubes kind of look and the way they kind of even though it's supposed to be a bottle but it looks it looks more like a tube um it's kind of funny when he points out, you know, I grabbed some of these, this kundish ale at the spaceport and they come in five packs. Wrap yourself around that. <laughs> and so so they, you know, they they can, Jim and Hal continue having you know, a bonding moment. Uh, Jim kind of, Jim kind of thinks he has a moment when he just starts laughing out loud, which throws Hal off. And he goes, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, Jack and I always thought Hal, <laughs> that you thought you were the center of the universe, and now pretty much you are at the center of the universe. <laughs> Hal points out it isn't all, it, you know, it isn't all what you crack, you know, how, you know, it's not all good news. It's not all what it's cracked up to be. Jim kind of points out, you got to be kidding me. You you are kind of living on a, a talking planet. You have a magic ring. <laughs> you're buying beer at a spaceport. I I drive a friggin' Taurus, and you're complaining. <laughs> and. You know, Hal almost makes it sound like he wants that, simpler, that simple life. And there's a little talk about Carol, you know, and how it didn't work out more because Jim thought it was going to – I thought it was going to work out like that. Or you might have been able to have that kind of life. While they're having that conversation, um, Kilowog basically is uh, more or less pushing on a makeshift swing that that uh, Mogo made, excuse me, with the nephew. Um, the little tree monks uh, are being – played with by Hal's niece. St. Walker is kind of enjoying the time with the kids. Uh, Jim's wife is not entirely, you know, she's not entirely on board with everything until St. Walker kind of points out how, how harmonious these little, the, the tree monks are, and she goes, all right, and he, she starts petting the, the little tree monk, which basically looks like a squirrel. And then she kind of starts getting into it. Now, of course, as we all know, what would, what would a Green Lantern issue be without having a Discussion about the limited in emotional spectrum with the with the, with the reservoir that's you know not infinite anymore, and Hal points out that oh I don't know if you know what what I'm doing is right every time I use the ring you know blah 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 same stuff we've heard a gazillion times before and Hal, and Jim kind of you know Jim kind of brings out a good point which hopefully will start sinking in with other members of the Green Lantern Corps too. That, you know, this is your big dilemma. It's like, I hate to break it to you, but life is consumption. You know, we breathe, we eat, you know, we, we build, you know, we build on lands that used to belong to, you know, to, to other creatures. The Question isn't whether you consume, it's the question is what you do with what you use. And he goes, what you do is be a hero. And he also points out to how, that you know, next time you're in a war, don't think, you know, don't worry about... You know, don't think about if it's right for you to fight. Just think about like about me, Sue, and the kids, and the universe, and everywhere. You know, the people in the universe that are counting on you and can't defend themselves. That you know, just think about that. And more or less that you know, just because he he, I might just be a guy. You know, a guy from Co City, but I know this: as big as the universe is, there's always going to be another threat on the horizon. Then with that, we hear ping, 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 and. My, of a Mother Box, and then showing up is some of the is High Father of the new of the new gods, with like a few of his bodyguards there, pointing out that uh, the primitive denizens of this universe were foolish to tamper with the All Knowing Source, and it's it's blasphemy. But through the, <laughs> through their screw ups, pretty much they've they've endangered the fundamental order, and in doing so, they have placed the life equation, creation's greatest weapon, finally within my grasp. And that ends this issue with Green Lantern, of course, and the issue is not complete without like, I think like eight eight wasted pages or something on multiversity <laughs> at the back of the book. Then a more story. Let's get some ads for for the multiversity.
0: I love this uh, skeets like thing that comes with Highfather. <laughs> instead yeah. instead of just just saying beep, it says be derp.
1: <laughs> yep, derp. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mother Box point five.
0: Uh it's a dirt uh, it's a dirt box. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Um so.
0: I mean I guess if we can't have Hal on Earth, I like this.
1: Yeah, I figured you I figured that you would, would like that aspect of it. It was that part was kind of a surprise.
0: Uh so Hal's hair?
1: Oh yes, Hal's hair. Which at first when I re, when I read it the first time I didn't notice it though I should've because he looks so much better when yeah. he switches into civilian garb. And then it makes sense because that's not that Billy Tan drawing him. That that part of the book is not drawn by Billy Tan, <laughs> but either way, it's a good hairstyle for, for Hal. It's kind of it's like the sides are buzzed down like a flat top, and the but the, the top is still kind of mussy. It's kind of mussed up, but yet it's actually looks like a halfway decent haircut, not like the crappy Billy Tan haircut. So it's an interesting idea. That, oh, I'm I'm taking off my uniform, so now my haircut changed. <laughs> that one I don't buy, but the artwork for that part, at least with Hal. And most of the other characters, Kilowog's face I thought was a little off, but with uh, – let me get – I skipped past this. This is – this was by Martin Cocolo. He, he's drawing those pages. That I think overall his artwork is pretty good. I like the way he draws Hal. He certainly has no problem drawing St. Walker. So I thought that part of the book, the art, was pretty good. And it certainly, again, it just makes a dramatic – Contrast with the way Hal's drawn with Billy Tan—not just his hair, but in general.
0: I'm surprised yeah. with how little uh, Saint Walker says in this issue that you didn't pick up on what Jane asks him.
1: Oh, about the tail. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. I, I knew I did read it. I just I just didn't know if it was worth mentioning it, that that she when they're playing, she asks him, basically basically the tail on the back of his head can be used to, to like pick up stuff. <laughs> and he goes, "No, but that was very imaginative." <laughs>
0: Oh, man. I like, I like, uh, I like what uh, Jim asks. Is, so what happens when there's only one beer left and we're both still thirsty, and Hal's like, knowing the coon, we'll, we're supposed to fight to, to the death over it. Yeah. <laughs> we supposed to fight <laughs> to the death. Yeah. Um, uh, it,
1: was a cute, it was a cute issue. It was just filler, though. But it was... You
0: know, well, it, it, hold on. I, I like that. Uh,
1: I like that
0: in this... <laughs> God forsaken storyline that went forever. This is a one and done issue.
1: Yep, and the next issue will be one and done and then we'll have <laughs> and then we'll have like a 17 part storyline.
0: <laughs> True, but I mean I'm just I'm just glad to have a one and done. I I like I like the personal interaction here. I like how catching up with his brother. I like Kilowog, you know, playing with the kids and and um uh, St. Walker playing with the kids. I like uh I like to think that Kilowog still had spent some time on Earth. You know how early on in the Green Lantern series, like him and a few other Lanterns had like a Green Lantern base on Earth? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I like to think that that still kind of happened and Kilowog spent some time on Earth, so that's kind of cool. I don't know. I mean, I also also thought it was cool that, you know, a, a, a Green Lantern's power is based on will, right? And they are supposedly the masters of willpower. And so is, you know, a, a Yellow Lantern is the master of fear, supposedly. Well, this is just an emotional leech and is getting overwhelmed with willpower, which she's fine with sucking in. But the second she feels fear in the immediate vicinity, she has no idea how to counteract that or overcome yeah, that. It just,
1: it just shuts her down. Exactly.
0: I think if it was if she had the same mastery as another lantern, it wouldn't affect her. But because she just absorbs whatever's around her and you know doesn't really uh, focus on it, I guess, then I think it makes sense that she just kind of like, kind of evaporates in the presence of a different uh, of a different uh, power.
1: Which is kind of inter- interesting because when we get to your issue with Sinestro Corps, I mean Sinestro, there's actually a similar event that happens in that issue <laughs> with the same concept about dueling emotions. Or dueling parts of the spectrum and people's uh, different different people and their ability to uh, what that does to them. I didn't like la- her do rag was kind of funny. <laughs>
0: um, I'm not sure what else to to say here. I mean, uh, it, I I enjoyed. I think it's I think it's one of the better issues of Green Lantern we've read in a while. I mean, it has its issues, but that's
1: probably to be fair. I would I would say that's true. I think in the big picture, compared to most of the other issues, this this is good and <laughs> and they didn't jam Noah Ange in here anywhere so I guess that's a good thing <laughs> yeah. hey she's behind that tree
0: yeah. I like the real um, and as we record this it's Kirby uh, Jack Kirby's birthday um, I like the real Kirby-esque uh, uh, consistency with how High Father looks as far as you know big and bulky and kind of a square face and everything you know what I'm talking about right yeah, it's, it, it, everything, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's 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 definitely modernized, but you can definitely tell this is Kirby-inspired artwork here, and I, I like that, um, which is
1: cool. We just hope the storyline turns out to be good.
0: <laughs> I hope so. I hope so, too. Uh, Green Lantern core, you think?
1: Sure, might as well. I don't think that one will take that long, either. Uh, no. Actually, that, one, I don't, that might take less time than Green Lantern, but I could be wrong.
0: Well, we'll see here. So, Green Lantern Corps opens up with uh, John Stewart interrogating uh, the Derlin who replaced Fatality, whose name we learn is <laughs> Din. Um, she explains to him. Uh, he calls her a Derlin. She explains to him, "I'm I'm t- technically no longer a Derlin because when I uh, shifted over to Daxamite form and you know uh, sucked in that zezite, I uh, I I am now permanently a Daxamite." Um, he's trying to get information about where Fatak is, um, and, uh, he can't get anything out of her, so he's talking to Von Daggle. Uh, Von Daggle gives him a bit of information about, uh, the Durlins stealing some radioactive material to hold their form, uh, but he, the, he says they also had a supplier, so John gets that information, um, let me see what, uh, Daggle, he says he runs a route in Sector 700, from Zolana through the Nebian asteroid belt, asteroid belt uh, Lantern Jordan put the rest of the core on leave, but I'll go with you. Um, but Jordan just, I mean, uh, John just flies off. It's at this point, that Jordan steps out of the shadows, I guess, uh, and gets an update from Von Dagel about how close John was to killing him. Uh, he offers again to go after John, but uh, Hal says a man has to do this on his own. But I have a job for you. So Someone needs to deal with our pris- pr- prison's previous tenants, and there you can see Evil Star, and Hunter Dog, and, uh, uh, oh my god, I forget his name. Oh, not Bofunga, the other guy. Um, shit. Pointy
1: nose. Uh, kan- Kanjar Joe, or whatever, a row. Kanjar Roe. Kanjar,
0: Kanjar Roe, Ro. yeah, that's it. God, I can't believe I forgot that. Um, Meanwhile, so
1: unrelenting,
0: <laughs> Over, over in the Space Sector Six Three Seven, we see um, some beings who, basically, I mean, there's there's some talk here, but basically, these beings were paid to collect various species throughout the galaxy so that the Durlins could stop by and absorb their DNA. So that they, it's it's basically like shapeshifters are us. You know, here's a we have a collection of species for you that are very dangerous. And have various uses. We have one of each, so you can just lay your hands on it and get the DNA and go about your business. Well, they're no longer being paid because the Durlins are around, so they just kind of say, you know, let's 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 get rid of everything. So they basically set everybody free. Um, the the one of the beings steps out and is like, hey, you know, I've I've been smelling you since you've got here, pretty one. Gets into the cage and. Uh, <laughs> this is when fatality severs his head and is, you know, she's confronting the other beings in the area. Uh, we cut over to space sector 700 where, uh, John, you know, busts in on the suppliers of the, uh, radioactive material. John busts in through the ship and then immediately creates a construct to keep the ship sealed and pressurized. So he threatens that, you know, you tell me what you know about a fatality. Um, and, you know what, what you know about fatality and uh i won't you know release this construct so they start lifting out listing off places john says nope that's none of those then they list off Cherorg, uh and he says that's in sector 637 not far from coach where we first fought the derlins uh it's important to note at this point that there are tons of flashbacks in john i guess john's mind's eye to his various interactions with uh fatality and his love for her and all that. Um, back on Mogo, Von Daggle is talking to all of the uh, inmates uh, and says, you know, one of them says, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not, uh, not going to go back in the cells. And and Von Daggle's like, nope, you're all free, go wherever you want, and, and as long as you stay on the straight and narrow, you won't hear from us again. Everybody except Hunger Dog, you promised me that you'd help me find her, uh, which we get revealed later. It's at this point that. Lantern Raimi, yay, Butterfly Raimi, co- <laughs> comes up and, uh, and you know, is is helping uh, uh, Hunter Dog and, um, and uh, Vondaggle on this quest to find the Lantern, uh, which he says, When I first joined the Corps, the Guardians sent me and my first partner, Lantern Nair, into Covert Ops. She went into deep cover. The Guardians promised to help me find her, but they died without delivering. Uh, so that's who he's trying to find. Uh, Bofunga says, uh, uh, he's, uh, Hunter Dog's not your, not your slave. You want him, you go through me. Evil Star tells him to stand down. They all leave. And, uh, Evil Star is telling Bofunga as they walk away, we need not worry ourselves with the lanterns. The universe is turned against them. How long will they possibly last? Um, John Stewart is approaching, uh, Chorg, where he busts in, uh, is confronted immediately by a big creature, which then gets impaled by a spear and uh, there's fatality blood covered and with spear and chains and everything. Says I'll kill you. Starts fighting John. Says I, I, you know, stop fighting me. It's me, John. We love each other. And she's like love. And then she says the Star Sapphire ring loved you. I never did. So she starts going through the history. Basically, that uh, the 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 ring made her act this way. You know, you never really knew me. Um you are as all men, John Stewart, shallow, your love lies with your eyes, not your heart. Um what are you what are you gonna do with me? Uh, kill me, throw me into the science cells. He's like, I won't fight you and I won't stop you. And she says, We're done. She leaves. Uh he, you know, deep down you really love me. I know that you do. I know that what you have was real. She leaves anyway, says you're wrong. Goodbye, Lantern Stewart. He says no after she's already gone, and then creates a giant construct of himself as he screams no, uh, starts bashing in everything around him, and, you know, destroys everything, and it's just kind of a dejected mess. And then next, five years from now, a core shattered, a lantern-dimmed futures end. And some more multiversity stuff.
1: (laughs) Well, actually, at least in this issue, besides the multiversity stuff, they give us a... a two page little splash there about godhead true which at least which green lantern didn't have so it's kind of which is not all that revealing other than the fact that you do see saint walker as a blue again
0: wait there's a two page splash in here about uh, godhead you don't have that Uh, i got right after
1: right after the the dn the last splash page of john uh, John stewart with the future's end from uh telling you what happens next oh
0: i have i have this digitally remember
1: Okay, I know you do, but I'm just but you do have all the multiversity crap. Uh,
0: right, after the John thing is multiversity stuff and right after that is a double page sp- splash about Green Arrow.
1: Okay, so it's so it's different stuff. Yeah. But this has this has a two-page uh The Time of the Lanterns has ended. The Reign of the New Gods has begun. Green Lantern Godhead. An epic crossover event beginning October 2014. Yeah, this is
0: about Green Arrow October 2014.
1: So in this spread you see the interesting things you do see, St. Walker with a blue ring on again. So that's something puts, you see Guy as a red, and you see Indigo, Indigo One, Arkillo, Carol, Natu, Kilowag, among others, Hal, the New Guardians, Vaz, Salak, all these, all, all on the right side of, this, of the page. Basically, and all the new gods that are coming to attack are on the left. And of course, not surprising, Sinestro's kind of in the middle. <laughs> I mean, Sinestro is definitely facing the gods as in he's fighting against them, but it's just typical Sinestro that he's not as far over to the right as everybody else. So, yeah. So we will see. We will see how that turns out. But uh, I just thought that was interesting they didn't give you that in the digital. But at at least it was two less pages of multiversity, I think, unless they cut something else out of this. Maybe they did cut out. I think they might have cut out another Another ad instead, and the multiversity thing might be the same exact. Yeah, they they had channel fifty two stuff, in the hard copy of Green Lantern thirty four. They cut that out, and they basically substituted the Godhead spread for that.
0: So, what do you think of this issue?
1: Yeah, it was okay. I think to, to it was kind of fair. It was kind of fairly predictable. I think where where they went with it. True. I don't, I don't necessarily think it was bad that it went that way. I mean, it's, because it it did make sense that. Excuse me. The fatality was being more controlled by the ring, especially since she was not originally a sapphire to begin with. Yeah. You know, she was a, a Sinestro Corps member, so she basically was converted to a sapphire. So, I guess that makes sense. Again, you would like to think that the ring would have some kind of effect on her over time, concerning how depending how long she's actually been, and it's been a, a decent amount of time that she's been a sapphire now.
0: So, you think it should have affected her kind of the way the indigo ring affected indigo one uh, in my
1: in my mind's eye, I would think that there would be some some residual effect like that that it may have to stay on you for to for a certain period of time for it to kick in fully because obviously black hand had the indigo ring on for a certain amount of time too after blackest night and and by the time when the, when everything went dead it, <laughs> it's not like it had been on him long enough to make him want to you know to really touch him or change change who he was so I guess it's there's not. It's not like it isn't. It's unprecedented, but it's also, as we know, it's also potential that she's a little full of shit too. She's just taking the hard line about this, but she may feel something for him, but not. But
0: well, she also kind of makes it sound like she's been fighting it the entire time within herself. <clears throat> so maybe if she's, you know, if she never at all, you know, at, at any point when she had the ring on, you know, allowed herself to give into it or just gave up, then. You know then she might have been converted, but it sounds like she was fighting it the entire time,
1: and plus she has so much anger towards the sapphires for doing for doing that to her that by proxy some of that's gonna fall over to John, even though of course John didn't really contribute to that at all, but she just sees this as another more or less like another step another domino that got tipped over because of what the sapphires did, so and seeing this seeing John in it and the relationship stuff with John pretty much just reminds her of what the Sapphires did to her, so...
0: Right. I mean, I, I like... I mean, of the two ways they could have gone with it, I mean, let's face it, they could Well, they could have gone three ways. She's dead. I guess they could have gone four ways. She's dead. She's, I, she's not there when he shows up. She loves him or she, you know, never loved him in the first place. I think... I think this is the the better way i mean it, it, predictable yes of course but i think it's the way i would have I, I prefer out of the four options if she wasn't there then we'd have to deal with more of john hunting down fatality uh if if she was dead then it, that would that wouldn't really give us any sort of resolution at all um, if she did love him then well the story's over you know great they're back together again let's deal with more john and fatality off in the moonlight having sex on mogo or you know doing whatever but this is she kind of closes the door in his face i i i, I definitely see him still pursuing her you know and and trying to convince her of their love or whatever and i hope they don't make a big deal out of that like you know Drag it out too long or come back to it all the time or make him sound desperate and whiny or whatever. But I think, you know, of those four ways to go, this is the one that has the most potential.
1: And there's nothing that's going to end because a lot of people have been, to me, a lot of people have been talking about whether, you know, whether this was the plan or not or whether it's just a kind of like a twist of fate, just the fact that so many, so many things that are in the uh, little John's epilogue. That we saw in Green Lantern Twenties, at, at short term anyway, so many of those things are kind of being you know shot to hell.
0: Right.
1: That there's you know so many so many characters and how things were supposed to turn out for them that basically we're seeing it on the surface anyway look like, like hot like almost like flipping the bird to that, and I don't and I don't really think that they they not if if they set out to do something like that it was only because you know to make it seem like well maybe the maybe there's a happy ending to be involved for most of these characters, but there's going to be a lot of crap before you get to it right not like oh you know hey we 're flipping you the bird, Johns, because number one i don't think that would fly with either him or tode i don't think if, they, if that's how they sold the book to get their job i don't think it would work you know right. i don't think i don't think a good i don't think a good thing on the on their pitch to get the book would be you know everything you guys just did we 're gonna tear it down, no, or we're going to like spit in your face while we 're doing it no. So I don't think it was I don't think it's you know some and again the, the John's haters I know are kind of like laughing at like look look it just keeps like pissing on the end you know the epilogue of but there still is nothing that's happened in any of these issues that can't basically end up back to in theory back to where John's had it you know <laughs> anyway uh so it it doesn't really but I just, it is kind of, it is kind of interesting though that so many of the different things that you know the way Green Lantern Twenty ended—that's you know, Sinestro was supposed to go off. Not that you knew—you knew Sinestro was going to come back one way or the other. And even Johns probably knew Sinestro was going to come back, whether you know whether he thought he was going to be writing the Sinestro book or, one, or not when it first was being developed. But you knew Sinestro would come back. But you know, at the end of Twenty, he was, he disappeared. He was supposed to not come back. You know, John and Fatality was supposed to end up together. Right now, that doesn't seem likely. John Callan and Carol. St. Walker rebuilding the blues to be bigger than you know, as big as the greens, and obviously right now there are no blues, but we all know that that's going to change. so It's just kind, of, just kind of interesting how many different. It does make you wonder though if maybe they are doing it not again, not necessarily to spit in the face or to rub you know the rub the noses in it. Just the fact that just to make it like because there's so many obstacles you have to get through. It's like it's not going to be. This may happen, but there's not going to be an easy road to it.
0: Uh, was a- good, good on the creative team of bringing back Ramy. I'm liking these lanterns they keep pulling in. You know, I mean, Sodom was a, a you know a big one, but you know they they use so many lanterns we haven't seen in a while when they all busted into the prison to set the other lanterns free. Uh, Ramy's back, Von Daggles back, so I, I will give them that. And then with the, of course, with the the inmates, you know, you've got Kanjar Kanjarro and Evil Star and. And uh, Bofunga, so I mean, there's there's lots of lantern history here, which is I think is really cool.
1: I agree. It's probably one of the strongest things that they've done, and we've talked about it before. One of the strongest things they've done is revisited. Besides creating some interesting new characters like Giruuk and things like that, that they've created, that they've brought back a lot of old characters that have been that have been kind of swept under the rug. So it's nice. It's a nice touch. So I think that that's something that's definitely. Could you know probably could have been done, or definitely needed to be done. Could have would have been a big plus. Let's put it this way: under the previous creative teams if they had done a little bit more of that.
0: Well, before we move on to Sinestro Number Four, I, I, let me ask this other quote, this last question here: Do you think that Sinestro, that uh, not Sinestro, uh, Green Lantern Corps uh, has been suffering in the bottom, as far as our perception of it, because solely because of its involvement with the Relentless Durgans Saga? Because, I mean, they keep bringing back characters. They brought in Von Daggle. They brought back uh, Sodom Yat. I mean, uh, the art's not that bad. I mean, the only thing outside of the Derlin that we've really even seen is, is, is the stuff between John and Fatality. And even that wasn't really that bad. So, do you think that our perception of, of Green Lantern Core up until this point has just suffered solely because of its involvement? It with uh, with the Durlan saga and that if the Green Lantern Corps same creative team you know same character involvement and everything but was doing its own thing would be leaps and bounds better.
1: You mean just how whether you and I would like the book or whether you mean in the big picture how people everyone is reacting to the book? Uh, or both.
0: I I I won't presume that you know just because you know, just because we're the Lantern cast doesn't necessarily we mean we usually have the same perception as the majority of Lantern fans. So let's just go with the two of us.
1: It's kind of hard to answer, only because all pretty much all we've seen from this creative team has been Durlin, Durlin, Durlin stuff. Uh, and the one time we did really, got a completely separate story. Not counting the the relic issue, was the Zero Year or whatever one, which we did, but you and I didn't like all that much.
0: Well, uh, well I, the zero the zero year was was wasn't that great, just because it was also forced into some other.
1: Oh, I agree, I agree but yeah. I'm just looking at issues that were not not issues that were non-Durlin. Right, I got to you. try to have a litmus test to be able to judge because so much has been Durlin. I say probably based on the way things are, I would say probably. I would say the reason why this book kind of gets thrown in, for lack of a better way of describing it, with Green Lantern is because it's been tied directly with Green Lantern storyline-wise. If the Durlins were not, you know, if that had been If that had not been the main focus, then maybe. It's hard to say for sure because you don't know what the storylines would have been like. Yeah. There are a lot of pluses. I mean you could – but you could also look at Green Lantern playing devil's advocate and say that even with the flaws that that book has, it's possible if they were telling different stories, two- or three-issue stories – with, with Hal doing his stuff either by himself or with teaming up with some of the other Lanterns, maybe that would have been maybe that would be better too. I, it's probably right now. I will say, I will give the benefit of the doubt and say it has to do with with the Durlins and or the length of the Durlins storyline. But I don't know if the New Gods thing is going to help us judge that much either, because because we know we have at least three months of that.
0: Yeah.
1: And now in all the books, so we're talking at least not counting the one shot. I don't know if there's going to be a sec. So at this moment, they certainly haven't solicited the end of this thing, so we don't know if there's going to be a second one, one shot that finishes the storyline. But we know there's at least one one shot that gets the ball rolling, and then it carries over through the first two months of all the books. So that's at least 10 issues, and it doesn't wrap up then, so it's probably safe to say it's going to run at least through all five issues of a third month. So we're talking at least 16 issues. Uh, So it's going to be – it'll be – yeah we'll see i mean i you know and then even after this finishes up who, like with that the whole shadow empire thing who knows how that's going to tie into it so that I, it's a it's a risky proposition when things are going well it's a great it's a great idea to have every to have at least these two books linked so tightly when things aren't going so well having both of them together linked and you know c- connected at the hip potentially just just creates you know a downward effect. Just the weight's pulling everything down.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, we will see. Um, they are, as we've talked about before, they're kind of getting to the point where, especially if the new, especially if the new gods thing, just from a from a sales point of view, doesn't become a really big hit or uh, create a lot of interest, where other people are picking up the lantern books that weren't picking it up before, then you kind of wonder you know where they're going to go from that.
0: All right. All right. Uh, Sinestro number four.
1: Bring it on.
0: Sinestro number four, we open up with basically Sinestro just kind of introducing the main Sinestro players uh, on the board himself uh, Lysa Drac, uh, Romat Rue, Rag and Kale, and uh, Dez uh, Trevius. Um, we open up basically where we left off last issue. Uh, they are going up against the, pay, the, uh, the paling, right?
1: yeah the pale vickers
0: pale vickers the the bishop the paling whatever um they're fighting against one another uh, he, uh sinestro tells to get tells uh, sora, sora to get his, the core guardians uh, to safety um and uh you know he's he's fighting everybody uh, i'm trying to i'm trying to keep this sh- this shorter uh, than my last recap
1: uh right, your recap was not long uh, <laughs> Court was not long
0: <laughs> Uh, so he's he's uh, start you know making sure that the core iron are safe and and, and and sora is safe and is fending off uh, blast and he says uh, no no wall is impenetrable each has a weakness uh, and one of them you know kind of uh, envelops um, uh, Romat Rue in uh, some uh, energy and he is basically overcome I don't know is that you you think that's fear? Is he being overrun by his own fear? I think so. Like, they're, he's supposed to be a master of the fear, but they're kind of negating his mastery of it, and he's being overwhelmed well, they're, by it?
1: Well, they're, 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 they're kind of, sort of... I mean, it's certainly something that he's afraid of. Yeah. He's being present... Because as you, as I'm sure you're going to describe as in a few minutes, the stuff that Sinestro starts seeing is quite interesting, playing on his insecurities and his and that. So I think, yes, probably... It may just, be, of course, at this moment, always all we have seen the paling interact with are yellow lanterns. Yeah. So when we don't know how, we really don't know how they're gonna re, how they're gonna inter interact with you know lanterns of different emotions and whether they're kind of gonna try to overcome them using their own emotion too. You know whether it's a something to do with love is gonna would work on Carol or things like that. But we know it. It seems with they definitely are playing on fear, fear and insecurity with uh, when they're attacking this. Sinestro Corps member, so I would assume that's something to do with one uh, one of, of Rue's deep fears related to his own people, since that's what he's being attacked by.
0: Um, it's at this point that he, I don't know, passes out. I think he dies, but his ring doesn't fly off, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, he's alive. Um, he's alive. Okay, good. He's just like brain dead or comatose, or whatever. All right. Well, um,
0: there, there.
1: Uh... I think he's alive anyway. Let me point that out. I think, I think he's alive.
0: The uh, the paling says the purging cannot be prevented. All life forms will be collected. Uh, Sinestro gets hit with a blast, and he starts seeing the Korugarians praising Hal as their savior. He overcomes that. He starts seeing Hal with Sora in a relationship. He overcomes that. Uh, starts fighting the paling again, and thinks he's you know you know leading the Sinestro core to up against the paling. But he turns around sees Hal leading the, the Sinestro Corps. He overcomes that. They say, the purging is unsuccessful. The heretic clings to his emotion. He has mastered great emotional power. He has subdued the purest form of fear. This is unexpected. Holy execution is the only recourse. So this is when Sora starts showing up and, you know, a la Green Lantern movie, uh, creates a Gatlin gun and starts firing on him. And they say something interesting, the paling, that is, variation in the emotional spectrum, compensate, recalibrate. Um, she, they, uh, she, start, she continues firing on him. He hits them with fear as she hits them with will. Uh, and the, the two-pronged attack basically allows the, the Sinestro Corps and the and, and Sora to overcome the paling. He puts up the, his ring toward one of their foreheads and blows the crap out of him and just kind of kills him. Um, she says, you you know, Sora says you killed him. He was defeated and you just killed him. He said, look at them. They're barely alive to begin with. Um, he, uh, she says we could have learned something from him. He says, if you want a pet to study, you use Romat Rue. So I'm guessing, I mean, his eyes are still open and his still ring's not gone. So I'm guessing he's vegetative, like you said. Um, so this poor (laughs) Rue. This is, this is when one of uh, Sinestro's lanterns walks up to Sora and says, You fought well. When we return home, we should bed one another in celebration. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Are you serious?
1: Like she hasn't heard that every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Sinestro gathers up two of his lanterns, and they go uh, uh, L- Lysa, Des, Trevenius, and they go up into the ship. Um Before they go, though, uh, Dez is noticing that his ring is running low. He's like, well, what if you run into trouble? And he oversees Lysa basically charging Sinestro up. And she says, before you ask, it will not work for you. (laughs) So he flies up into the the ship and notices that it's filled with people working, basically taking no notice of him uh, as he flies through. They're just kind of doing the – zombified doing the job that they are – uh, required uh he he says uh the scope of he sees the scope of their plans and uh that's when dez and lisa show up and he says i've seen all i need to scuttle the ship and for these penitents set them free so they blow up the ship and sora as they fly away from the planet sora's talking about there's nobody on that ship he says i told you it was empty now, where are the Guardians? Don't worry, I left them somewhere safe. And it's at that point we see Hal holding the Guardians in a bubble. And it says, hello, Sinestro. Looks like we've got a lot to talk about. And that's the end of that issue. Dun-dun-dun! The art, the art... Even though the art is um, anatomically awkward at times, as far as proportions of people being off from one panel to another, um, even though the inking is kind of heavy uh, in, in, in certain points I, I still like the art I think it's different enough from everything else we've been reading that it's enjoyable I think it still works for the Sinestro core. now that we have both Sora and How uh, and the Paling showing up I think it's, re- it's more clear than it was before that this art style really works for the Sinestro core and doesn't really work perfectly for the other cores. At least thus far.
1: Do I still like Eagle Sham's art better? Yeah, that's true. Which, once, once, since he comes back in the next issue, it kind of, it makes the contrast even stronger. I mean, I think Morales did the last issue, too. Mm -hmm. I think. I think the last issue is when he first took, at least towards the end of the issue, he did it, if not the whole issue. Um... So, I like this. Go ahead. Look, me say what you're gonna
0: say. Well, so so so. Do you agree with yeah. yet that the the paling is a, is an anti-emotion core?
1: It's t- it's tough. I mean, whether they are a core in the in the same way we've kind of been associating everything, or based on our knowledge of cores up to this point, I don't know. I think it's different. Mm. It's could be. It could just be. Could just be a cult and it just could be the way to, but we, until we know how they're harnessing what they're harnessing but it, it's a just it's a possibility I don't think it's like a, it's certainly not another core I mean not like you know like not the, ten, the tenth core or whatever I don't think but but there I mean it's interesting I mean their power their powers are interesting it's, it is it's obvious at least based on the individual vicars that are in this uh, issue that they really haven't gone up against more than one colored lantern at one time, or else they would have a better idea of being able to, uh, how to deal with it.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, Sinestro obviously points out that, you know, given any quarter, they would have adjusted their defenses and destroyed us. So he didn't, so he's not naive enough to think that the way things worked out, it's not that it was super simple, but it wouldn't be this easy again, you know, or it won't continue to be be this easy, because they're going to adapt. Which is one of the reasons... Why he killed them, not just to send, you know, killed the leader, not just to send a message, but also for practical purposes. And the fact that as beings, as as unemotional as they seem to be, you know, the, when Sinestro was able to break through their defenses, he pointed out that, you know, they were, that at that moment when things seemed to turn against them, that they remembered what it was like to be afraid. And when that happened, that, gave, that really gave them their opening, and that's when the Sinestro Corps and along with Sora just ripped into these guys like nothing. <clears throat> the thing one some of the other things I liked about this issue, especially now, since I actually reread this issue before I read the one that came out yesterday, that there are little hints about some of the information we get in Sinestro Five. There are some h- direct hints
0: mm-hmm. especially about, in what the uh, paling says.
1: That's what I mean, yes, about, about you know, he has, he has sub, subdued the purest form of fear. And even before that quote when S- Sinestro's own inner dialogue, when he says, they cannot possibly comprehend what I've endured to control my own demons, my own fear. So that direct, so those, that little bit of foreshadowing works really, really well with, you know, with, with the big reveal that we get in the next issue. I liked it uh, upon rereading it. I liked it a little bit more because when I first read it, I would honestly, my first reaction was that I thought this was the the weakest of the four issues of Sinestro so far. Uh, Upon rereading it, I think it probably holds up a little bit better.
0: You know what Uh, I think? uh, I think the the more and more I read it, the more and more I think this would read perfectly in a trade.
1: Oh, I agree. Yeah.
0: I think, I think, I think if we were to just, if we were to just, um, and, I, and now we're not doing that obviously but if if we were to wait uh, had waited to cover Sinestro until we had like the first six issues and then and didn't even read them until we right before we reviewed them I think it would I think we would be head over heels in love with this book I mean not not that we're not already but I think I think uh, uh, it, it would be a whole lot uh, a whole lot more interesting if you experience like six issue clumps
1: no I I agree. When I first, when I first read it, one of the things I didn't like, even though they make it clear when they go into that ship before Sinestro and company blow it up, that this isn't like the end of dealing with you know the pale vicar, the pale vicars, and the, you know the pale bishops or the pale bishop and his plan, that they have much greater plans. You know the scope of their plans is pretty big. That just that even though they make it clear that's the case, when I first read it. The fact that you know the first skirmish with the pale vicar seemed relatively, uh, other than poor, poor Rue there, <laughs> it seemed like it was relative. You you saw their power, but still it didn't it didn't it was didn't take all that much as far as from a length of time point of view for Sinestro to be able to figure out a way to beat them. So I thought that was a that was borderline anticlimactic, but I think they kind of worked around it by giving you the hint that you know they're they're not this bat. This is like a skirmish. Not even necessarily a real battle. It's just an opening skirmish or something that they're going to have to continue to de- to deal with. I liked it. I liked this book. Other than red, I, right now, honestly, other other than Red Lanterns, right now, this, or along with Red Lanterns, this is probably my favorite Lantern book. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and especially when you compare it to to to, to when Larfleeze came out. That you know, talk about not that Larfleas by na- by the nature of who he is, probably could ever be. Certainly not at this moment could ever be on the level of sinestro certainly not as and i don't mean as even as a threat i just mean as a a relevant character a deeper character whatever i remember taking that approach that you know the difference between those books is like night and day and it seems like you know sinestro they kind of it really seems like sinestro they gave a lot of thought to how this how they were going to handle this book and how it was going to relate to the other lantern books, maybe this is why it took a while before you know before the book got launched. Even though they were they were t- the rumors were out there they were going to be doing this book for probably at least half a year before it finally got solicited. That compared to you know to Larfley's when they just kind of said, "Well, you do your own kind of like you 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 can do what you want with this book." You know, it's kind of unrelated to anything that's happening in any other lantern book. Just do it. And sometimes that strategy works, and sometimes it doesn't. And I think. So- Taking the, taking the from a storytelling point of view, what they're doing, I think their approach to ta- they've taken so far with Sinestro is the right approach.
0: Alright, well, issue five?
1: Issue five. Now, when the, picking up right at, from where we left off, Sinestro sees Tal with the Korgorians in a bubble, and of course, at first, Sinestro doesn't really think it's happening. He thinks this is just another hallucination. More lingering effects of what the Oh, what the paling tried to do to him! Of course, playing on, which is something we actually didn't go back and touch on. I mentioned it, but we didn't touch upon it again. The idea that, obviously, deep down, Sinestro's insecurities and in his and a lot of his insecurities, his fears, revolve around Hal. A lot of it basically has to do with playing second fiddle to Hal. That's what it really. If you want to break it down, that Sinestro has, that he is a, either because of you know because of how other people. Tr- Think of Hal and talk about Hal, or just the possibility deep, deep down inside of Sinestro that maybe they're right about Hal—that playing second fiddle to Hal is, is is that common thread in all of, of all those fears, uh, images that the paling kind of laid, laid upon him. So at first he pretty much he just thinks that oh you know, these are just aftershocks of the paling, you know. I'm gonna just, you know, rip through these like I ripped through the other ones, and of course, as he gets close to Hal, Hal just decks him in the face, <laughs> and Sinestro points out, well, you know, no phantasm could f- could feel so true. Plus, I'd know that punch anywhere. It's like, this is my truest friend and my most hated enemy, the real Hal Jordan. So Sinestro goes, oh, so you, so you are real, I guess. Then I guess you're just in my way. And he goes, damn right, I mean, I am, and I know what you're doing here. So they have their first little discussion about, you know, the core and, you know, you know, what you're doing, you know, whether it's right or not. Sinestro points out, you know, this really isn't any of your concern. It goes, but the yellow lanterns on the move It's like, again, of course it's my concern. And Sinestro being sly is like, maybe they can allay your your fears. Then of course the Sinestro core members that are around Sinestro, Lyssa, Dez, Reagan, they start ripping into HAL, um, Sorenik, pretty much, you know, she she's not very thrilled with this. You know, she tells him to you know, call him off. You know, they're going to kill him. <laughs> Sinestro is kind of funny when he goes, you know, if Hal Jordan was so easy to kill, I would have had a lot less headaches over the years. So, and he goes, and besides, if they do kill him, it's kind of your fault because you're the one who brought him into this. And again, going back to some of these images or kind of like alluding to them, Sinestro points out like, you jeopardized a very – future of our people also you can bend your knee to hal jordan and he goes uh Sornik points out well, what do you expect i am a green lantern and besides he could have called every lantern in in the universe to take you out and he, and he didn't the least you could do is hear him out that kind of especially coming from sora has an effect on sinestro he calls off the uh he calls off the attack he tells them to stand down you know uh dez kind of says you know you're showing more you're showing uh there are enemies. You're showing more mercy to them by doing this. It's like it's not mercy. It's strategy. And Sinestro goes, well, if we're gonna talk about this, if we're gonna have a civilized discussion, Jordan, we need to do it somewhere else. Because he points out that we need to get the Coragorian safe, and of course, Hal's not going to uh, Hal's not going to complain about that. Um, so they go to their now, what is this? This still their asteroid, right, right, Chad? I think, I think Based so. on the look, if they haven't not where they're going to go, but the the, the little hiding place, I think that Arkillo, I assume, found. That's what it looks like based on the way it's drawn. Anyway, they don't tell you. Um, so Sora's checking out the Um Sinestro and Hal go off on their own to talk, and Sinestro kind of goes, "Make it quick! I have pressing matters to attend to," and Hal kind of points out, you know, in case you've forgotten, you know, the Green Lanterns are cops. And we don't just sit by while a bunch of lunatics and murderers start stirring up trouble. And Sinestro kind of very cutely points out that, you know, sitting idly by is so that that's exactly what you did when the Guardians were doing, you, you were playing their games and everything. You just stood by. Hal kind of counters that because that's what this whole conversation kind of is, or this whole issue basically kind of is, kind of like both of them trying to one up each other. That how kind of Hal says, you know, well, it's last time I remember you were wearing a green ring right until the very end, you know, and you didn't go yellow again until right before you murdered the Guardians. Sinestro says, you know, I didn't murder them; it was punishment. Corgor died because of their sins. Hal says that it really wasn't for them to decide, and Sinestro was like, "Well, if then who? Who was going to decide or judge?" And when? If we didn't kill basically if I didn't do what we I did then, we never would have had another chance. And then this is when you get into the parallax discussion. What about parallax? Hal implies that it was parallax controlling Sinestro that led to the murder of the Guardians, and Sinestro points out quickly that I was in control. Hal says, Well, you were never in control. That's the whole point. You always let yourself be consumed with rage and fear. Yada yada yada. <laughs> Sinestro again. Aptly points out and accurately points out that uh, – I think you're confused. I think you're thinking of yourself, Hal. <laughs> um, I, used, I used Parallax to strike at the Guardians. If I had let them live, who knows what the atrocities they would have next perpetrated. Hal says, well, I could say the same about you. They go back and forth. You only took on Parallax for revenge. And then what? You just cut it loose? You set it free to roam the universe? You know How dangerous was that? How reckless? Sinestro just loves that line. He just bursts into laughter, pointing out Hal Jordan warning me of recklessness. It's like it's nice to see you haven't lost your sense of humor. That so they can they, you know they continue to have the, their discussion. The Korgorians are being still tended to and healed by by Sora, and they kind of are watching this whole conversation. Hal, Hal and Sinestro get interrupted. One of the new recruits is that is that that's not Kaelor. I mean. uh... Regan or whatever his name is is it is it somebody different right mm. yeah this is somebody different right
0: uh, i don't think so
1: you don't think it is or you don't think it's somebody different
0: i don't think it's somebody oh they,
1: it might be it might be uh,
0: it's the one that hit on sora
1: right yeah but, they, but but it's not one of the main two. that's what i thought yeah. affectionately known referred to as danzig lantern because of the way he's i guess short and built that he, he, he intervenes in the Sinestro Howe conversation Sinestro save them I'll not let sh- this fool insult you let me kill him and again this is there's just so many subtle uses of not so subtle but very but appropriately used humor by Sinestro in this issue like it's like a uh, Rigan yeah it is Rigan see I knew the name was um, it's like don't let him guide you Rigan it's like despite the ring he wears Jordan's true gift is the ability to annoy those around him <laughs> All, the Sinestro Corps members just seem, uh, they seem fascinated by uh, the little manipulations and game-playing that Hal and Sinestro are having. It's like Dez points out. See how they really dance around what they really want to say? They can't bring themselves to address the sense of broken loyalty between them. Sora gets done doing her work, and she kind of points out, what are you all looking at? And she goes back, and she realizes that they're all still looking at Hal and Sinestro. And their conversations... Um. Sinestro points out, and this is where you start getting into some really interesting stuff about, you know, after Korogor was destroyed, his world, my world was gone, my people were dead, I was alone. And at the same time, through soli- my solitude was not complete because Parallax was always there, whispering in my ear like a demon lover. I knew that eventually I would fall victim to it if I could not silence its urges. After recent unpleasantness on Earth, which of course is relating to forever evil, he sought, out ancient, he sought out ancient temples to read, to find texts, supposedly, that would help him purge the entity from his system. And Sinestro points out that he was, you know, he wanted nothing but death. And that's when Lyssa found me and gave me, told me everything about the Coragorians and basically gave me a new mission. And that's what I'm trying to do, save my people. Hal points out that he gets it. And he goes, but it's not that easy. You have a lot to answer for. And this is kind of a cool moment for Hal because as even though it's kind of unreal – if you look at everything Sinestro has done, it's a little unrealistic, but it's, but again, it shows the bond between the two of them because there's still something there when he points out. Even if we can manage to get past all that. So he's kind of pointing out, remember all the shit that you've been doing all this time? Even if we look – if we forget all about that, <laughs> we solve the basic problem that at some point that – I don't really know if you're in position to, to, to rule them because at some point the Korgarians are going to want to do something that you don't agree with. And then the question is, are you going to let them make their mistakes? Are you, can you let them do that? Are or you, are you just going to, to grow tired of letting them make their mistakes and you have to step in and basically be, be dictator again? He goes, it's not something you can control, as in you know basically the, the f- lack of a better term, the free will of the people and, and their desires. And that's using the key word for this issue and even going back to last issue, control. Let me show you what I already know about control. And then at that point, flying out from Sinestro's Sinestro core symbol on his chest is Parallax. He goes, rise, Parallax. Parallax attacks Hal. Basically, everybody's got mixed reactions about um, seeing what happens, which is exactly what Sinestro was kind of hoping for. That a mix of awe and adoration, surprise and horror, of course, depending on which side of the, literally what side of the spectrum you're on. He goes, and it has little to do with the parallax entity, Sinestro comments to himself in his inner dialogue. What they feel, the awe, the fear, is birthed from one simple realization. I am not the Sinestro they knew. They thought they knew. I am capable of so much more than they ever imagined. So Sinestro continues to let parallax beat the crap out of Hal for several panels and a few pages. Then he simply snaps his fingers. He goes, parallax! down boy <laughs> he goes you see jordan i did what you could not i mastered parallax i subdued it and with that sinestro pulls parallax back into himself through the sinestro core symbol on his chest he goes i wanted to kill you to slaughter you you could sense that but i wouldn't allow it so tell me when it comes to control who is the student and who is the teacher he goes you didn't come here to question me you had no intention of arresting me you wanted you wanted to cow me to prove you were my better. How foolish you must feel now. And he points out, I have no interest of, or I, I have basically no conflict and no interest to have a conflict with the Green Lanterns. It would just be a distraction from my, my goals. And then, of course, being Sinestro, he, he, he has to throw in. Plus, it would, if that did happen, it would basically end up with the Green Lanterns being destroyed. And my people would either at you know, best would be forgotten, and worst caught in the crossfire. And that's something that I'm sure no Green Lantern would want. Sinestro kind of flies off with his Bedez uh, and Rigan, take taking the Sinestro Corps members with him. Uh, Sora tries to comfort Hal, but Hal just kind of just like just just go, you know, just look out for your people. And that's and Sinestro. In Closing points out, or says to himself, Now when La- the lanterns speak my name, it will be with a sense of dread. They will fear the unknown, the changes I bring with me. Change, the fear is a constant, and I control both. And the next issue would be Sinestro at his lowest, five years later in Future's End. What'd you think? I really liked this issue. <laughs> I
0: thought it was really cool. Um, only My only issue, though, with it would be how Parallax looks.
1: Yeah, it's not. He is drawn a little. He is drawn a little different.
0: He's drawn lizard-like.
1: Yeah, and the face is The face is a like goblin-esque. Goblin-esque. Yeah, I. I think so. I. Th- you're right. Yeah, because you don't even see his wings, do you?
0: Mm-mm.
1: No, his wings aren't even drawn. Right before he puts them back in his chest, his face looks a little more parallax-like when he's snapping his fingers. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think the yeah the artwork for par the uh, the depiction of parallax could have been better. Absolutely. But the reveal was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, at the time, I kind of re- read something Sinestro said wrong. He had said something about like they're in awe, but it has less to, less to do with parallax. Some somehow, I-, I don't know if I glossed over that too much or something. But I had thought that to mean something like you know, that's not really parallax. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I I read that wrong, but. Um, yeah, a uh, really good issue. I mean, it's just a lot of banter back and forth between Hal and Sinestro. Uh, I like that Sinestro, uh, you know, again, of, of anybody, is the one who was able to internalize uh, and subdue a, a, a an entity.
1: And plus it goes back, it's kind of like a play on words, if you will, going back to, I think, the first issue. I'm just, I don't have the first issue in front of me, but I think he refers to something that he's, that... I think he says something along the lines of that I'm finally free of parallax. Right. I'm I'm now free of parallax, which of course we all thought at the time meant that he released that parallax was out of him, released somewhere else. And but no, he he was free of parallax not because it was not re- literally with him anymore, but because he now controlled it. That it didn't have the influence on him anymore. He was free of the influence. Plus, if you go back to now, if you go back to lights out. Now, what the statement they made about why they couldn't that that they could sense where Parallax was, but they could there's no way they could get even if they could get kind of get to where he was. He was, you know, he he was kind of encased or being blocked off by like like the most powerful will in the universe or the being with the most will, and, and they showed it was Sinestro. So now it makes sense why they said what they said, because it is it's inside of Sinestro himself, not in a simple location. It's inside of Sinestro. So in order to even come close to getting that out, you basically would have to overcome Sinestro's mastery of fear plus his will to do it I think so I think so i that was a, that was something that was clever, and I think that, I think that was probably well thought out in advance as opposed to just you know connecting the dots you know at, at, after the fact
0: yeah um i mean i I really enjoyed it uh, honestly, I don't have much to say about it. I just it was fairly straightforward. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I just, I just like, I, I like that we got some resolution for what had happened to Parallax.
1: And they did, and they kept their word because they made it, they had said for, they had said for a while that they weren't going to be playing games or tippy toe around that you were going to exactly find out what happened to Parallax, where it went, um, things like that. So, and they gave, gave it to us. Um, so that, that was cool. The artwork was really good. This is probably, I think, concern we haven't seen certainly since going back to the 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 what, the Forever Evil one shots when we first saw Eagle Sham and Duke drawing both these characters again. It was the first time we saw them, that yeah, this is probably the best Hal I think he's drawn, right. the most consistent Hal that he's drawn, especially some panels in particular. I mean, I like the split the split panels of Hal's face, you know, and Sinestro's face. I thought that was drawn really well. Um, the, rec- the reckless, the page when he's talking about reckless, when Hal's accusing him of being reckless. I thought that was really drawn well. I kind of like the, the two-page spread, the title page with the demon within, which of course is the title is relevant because of course it's also referring to parallax. Uh, just the way, that, just the kind of the pose that Hal is in when he's being attacked by Dez, Lysa, and Rigan, Kinda of reminds me of Van Skyver actually. I can see that. Not the Yeah, it's not so much that he looks exactly like a Van Skyver work, not necessarily, but the pose that he's in kind of seems like a Van Skyver like Hal pose to me. So I mean honestly, not to beat a dead horse, but compared to just just look at how alive and real Hal looks in this issue compared to most of the time in Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. But I like it. I I I yeah, this I can't say I'm 100% pleasantly I mean I'm I'm happy that the book is as good as, as it is. I can't say I'm 100% ple- you know truly pleasantly surprised like I really thought it wasn't going to be good. I kind of I did have high hopes for this book all along. I thought it was going to be good and I'm glad that it is. And I think if so for those people out there who for some reason if there are some of the loyal lantern cast listeners who really haven't touched this book yet and yes if you're like Chad mentioned if you're waiting to get the trade, then that's fine, but if you're waiting to just find out if the book is good or not, you definitely should be picking this book up because it's at at the very least it's as good as any other lantern book that's, that's being published right
0: now Lantern cast certified yes <laughs> you have anything else to say about this issue
1: I don't think so i think we I think we did a good job delving into the the high points or the major points of all four of these issues they were they were good issues overall it was a good it was a good read, I think.
0: Alrighty, Uh So no emails or voicemails this time around, right?
1: No, not a thing.
0: So over on uh, Twitter and Facebook, I'm just going to run through these real quick here. Um, uh, looks like uh, Jesse said, what did you guys think about House uh, on Twitter? What did you guys think about House family moments in GL34? I liked it when Ken, uh, uh gave the nephew a piggyback ride. I just wish it lived up to the cover and we got to say goodbye to Simon Bass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, poor Simon. Uh, eh, maybe it because just 'cause I haven't seen him much anymore. I'm not as I'm not as down on Simon as I was when he first started. But that, as we mentioned, ironically, without even knowing about that, we were going to talk about that comment t- tonight. That yeah, the cover was the, the, the co- we know covers in general can often be crap compared to what's not really related to what's in the book. Are very loosely related, and to say this, the cover of Thirty Four is loosely related to what's in the book is an understatement. Especially with the Simon Baz thing, is absolutely the only, the only saying bye to Simon Baz is the fact when he goes goodbye. I got to go back to Earth. <laughs> yeah, uh, and because they needed to get him off the planet for what's going on in Red Lanterns. Really, it's a plot point. Really,
0: <laughs> shout outs to Mark um, Andy. Brittany, Marcus, Super Vault, and let's see here. The Jack, Radio vs. the Martians, Corey, and Al. With some of our new followers, some retweets and everything. Um, Corwin says, almost caught up with all the Lantern books. Got it. three issues, New Guardians left. Not bad at all. Love the callbacks. Are we talking New Guardians or are we talking all the Lantern books uh, are not bad at all? So you got to let us know that, Corwin.
1: Probably New Guardians. <laughs> Thanks to let's not let's not get delusional here.
0: Thanks to uh, Stitcher for the shout out on uh, you know it's it, they said uh, listen to LanternCast Cast episode 193 the end of the Durland War now on Stitcher awesome uh, and a new follower the Jack posted on uh, August 25th oh my God just found the Lantern Cast listening from the beginning <laughs> uh, to, to which I replied <laughs> let us know where you're at as you go and what you're thinking. And I, you know, I always sign everything, Chad, in in parentheses, you don't know me yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says episode four next. Jim and Dan seem young. I started reading with GLC 224. Uh, recap was good with some gaps or mistakes, but good analysis. Then he uh, the next day uh, at episode seven. It's been good. I'm sticking with it. I'm planning on rereading the new 52 when I reach those episodes. And then uh, I think yesterday he posted. Uh, episode twelve, Lantern Cast makes me want to pull out my Silver Age collection and start reading Geo from the beginning again. <laughs> so, uh, <Aww. laughs> so we we got somebody pulling a Chad and uh, listening to uh, every <laughs> Lantern Cast episode from the beginning. <laughs> uh, over on Facebook, not a whole lot there. Uh, the most recent thing uh, s- uh, following uh, what we talked about last episode was uh, Jim challenged me to the uh, ice bucket challenge. So I posted a link to that video on the Facebook page, uh, and I responded, and I called out uh, Shag Matthews, who does the Firestorm Fan blog, as well as the, one of the co-hosts on Fire and Water. I just called out Scott Collins, and I called out some other person. Um,
1: hey, blame my wife. I need her to do. <laughs> I need her to do the taping, and she. <laughs> she know. She knows this, but she. Yeah, my goal is. It's a holiday weekend. I don't see why I won't be able to do it this
0: weekend. <laughs> Mark, so. Mark, I, I, I did this on August twenty second, and Mark said he'd post it on the weekend. Didn't
1: happen. Uh. <laughs> no, I said I would probably be able to do it over the weekend if if Elizabeth had been home on Sunday, like she like I thought she was going to be, then I would have been able to do it. Because there barely is. I don't think based on where I planned on doing it, I don't think I can just set my camera up and it would height wise. I don't think I could just set it and record and it, it would capture what I need to capture. So. I can dump myself with a bucket by my own. That's not. That's that's easy. <laughs> uh,
0: so if you want to see those videos, go to the, the the Lantern Cast Facebook page. You can see Jim's video and my video there. Uh, also posted that the latest episode of the Lantern Cast was up when we posted episode 193 and 194. So thanks to Juan as well as uh, Dwayne uh, and uh, and yourself, Marcher. Just uh, following up on that. Um, Dwayne had asked uh, or, or said a perfect example of bad decompressed storytelling. I wonder if it was stretched to try to line up with the upcoming New God event. And you had said probably not. Probably it was a grand vision from the get go. He says, if that was a grand vision, then the editors failed.
1: <laughs> and I was being somewhat sarcastic, but I don't, I don't think it was. I don't really think they they stretched it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's like you know what. <laughs> We need, we need to pad this storyline some more. Because <laughs> you, you would think they would have, in a way, depending on what they want to do with the Shadow Empire, you would think they would have wanted to end it a little bit s- sooner so you could have had a few episodes, a few more issues in before the new gods show up. I don't know. I, I I think the less we talk about the... It's like Fight Club now. <laughs> the first rule of Durland is we don't talk about Durland anymore. <laughs>
0: um finishing up over on facebook i said uh, i posted a status i want to see an episode of bar rescue where john taffer goes off on guy gardner for being an absentee owner of warriors additionally i want to see taffer get in guy's face for allowing his extracurricular activities to interfere with the safety of the bar's patrons i also want to see taffer get on the alien bartenders for overpouring simple cocktails and i want to see his experts get all verklempt when they encounter the alien bar food and beverages Lastly, I want to see Taffer get completely and mind-bogglingly upset when he realizes the entire bar caters to a very niche market, not set up for extensive financial success. I've been marathoning a lot of issue, a lot of episodes of Bar Rescue lately.
1: I was gonna say that probably was something I would have, I would have guessed. <laughs> I've, I've watched many an episode of that, a, <laughs> so it, it is an it is a, an amusing show.
0: The f- yeah. the first few episodes of it I saw I was thinking to myself, man, I could run a bar. It looks like a majority of running a good bar is just keeping the damn thing clean. <laughs> because every time he goes into a bar, the main problem is there's like roaches or mold or things are falling dead apart.
1: A dead rat in the corner that nobody could find, but he finds in 2 seconds. <laughs> exactly. How could you not find that?
0: <laughs> oh man. So as he, as he has his fifth heart attack this season. <laughs> And the last bit of feedback I have is our first ever feedback of this form. We have text message feedback. What? Lantern has texting abilities? No, I have a phone. And Jim occasionally texts me things because he's too lazy to put it in an email or a voicemail. So I got a random text from Jim on Tuesday that said, In the middle of listening to Sinestro episode, I think you called it with the pale guys being a new core, like an anti-core core. So I said, "Cool, man. Glad you agree." <laughs> so that's a, the, Jim's our first ever uh, text-based response. Now,
1: I ca- which is funny because I was going to mention things that Jim texted to me too. So we're getting to- <laughs> so it's kind of funny.
0: I do want to say though, it probably wasn't a good idea that I read that on the air because now he has no reason to send in an email <laughs> or a voicemail because I'll just read the text message on the air. <laughs> so. That's the last time I'm going to do that for you, Jim.
1: <laughs> what did he send you? Uh, re- related to some of the things we talked about in previous issues. In previous, yeah, uh, one second ago I said episodes instead of issues. Now I'm back to saying issues instead of episodes. Oi, 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 oi. Um, uh, we talked about Guy. Whether we thought Guy had been warrior, I think in the new fi- in the new fifty-two, and and he mentioned that uh. During the Wrath of the First Lantern, that was one of the things that we saw that he had been one of the identities they showed for Gardner had been um, warrior. Well, which I know that which I know, technically speaking, is not set in stone because we also had that we also had that screw up with that when they had like somebody being Bodika, right? Well, that, that <laughs> on the cover.
0: That, but they also showed didn't they show Kyle being uh, the original Ion in the original Ion suit?
1: Well, yeah, but we still don't know that didn't happen.
0: True, but I mean, of everything, that's kind of, I mean, remember what went into that.
1: So, well, yeah, but don't forget, and we've talked about this before in New Guardians because they keep talking about how about being a god and how he, you know, he he kind of was almost one before or whatever. That had to be referring to the first Ion because he was nothing as the second Ion. But yeah, I know that that doesn't. I'd have to go back and reread the actual issue to see what they what they if it was just a splash page of different. Of, ha- of him in looking in, you know, of him in the warrior outfits, which, you know, whether it was the armor or whether it was the you know, the Indian-looking, you know, body paint with the Vold- Voldarian stuff. But still, we know they showed a lot of different looks for all the different characters, for most of the characters. It could have, that's not, that onto itself, just by an image, wouldn't be conclusive. But he but he threw that out there. But the better, but the, the other point he threw out, which was pretty good, which was related, when we talked about Kara, and about the red sun concept of red lanterns and the reason why Red, and he's probably correct about this the reason why the red lanterns would have more of an effect hurting Kara is because of the magic right because it's blood magic that makes sense I didn't even think about so that. that so that so I mean the red the, sh- the red shift you know in energy that could also factor into it but yes the fact that it's blood magic probably is a direct reason why they can hurt a kryptonian so that that, that was that was kind of cool.
0: Alrighty, folks. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Next episode, we are covering what?
1: New, gu- covering new. Uh, new Guardians thirty-four, Red Lanterns thirty-four, and the Red Lanterns Annual. Which one, So we have the final two parts of Atrocities, and we have the last issue of the, the Scion storyline.
0: Exactly, and then
1: so lo- lo- lots of conclu- lots of conclusions, and then we'll be as we speak. Especially if we get this done by. Next Wednesday, <laughs> we will be completely caught up with all new issues, and then we'll probably have a gap before we do new issue reviews because we'll pro- we will probably do all the futures and stuff. At the moment, anyway, we're planning on doing it in one episode, mm-hmm. and who the hell knows how we're going to do the Godhead thing. Um, but we got maybe by I act,
0: <laughs> we got episode two hundred coming up soon, so be prepared for that. And the other reason I say be prepared is because some of you will be participating in that, uh, and also. Uh, it's going to be a long episode, so just uh you know <laughs> set set phasers to stun i don 't know <laughs> i 'll talk to you guys next time
1: don't you want the closing chat oh,
0: oh yeah i 'm tired <laughs> go
1: ahead mark We can skip the closing if you like no, <laughs> Good no, on everybody. go ahead uh, if you want to contact us email us at lanterncast lanterncast at gmail.com that 's lanterncast at gmail dot com Please visit our website, LanternCast.com. You can check out our forums, our movie reviews, our product reviews, our galleries—you name it, it'll be there. If it's not there now, and most of it is, um, we just keep adding more stuff and blogs, issue reviews. We're, we're branching out. We're, we're doing everything we can, people. You can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can locate us uh, with or on both, I should say, using hashtag GLCast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. If you like us on iTunes, please leave us a positive review. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, call us at 708Lantern. 708 708Lantern. 708 and let us know what you think.
0: All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time. And, uh, yeah, episode 200 coming up soon.
1: Good night, everybody. Good night.
0: chicken's head to
1: and I, and the man they called Jane, he turned round his plane and let that money hit sky. He
0: dropped it onto our houses, he dropped it into our yard, and the man they called Jane, he turned out his plane and headed out for the stars. Robbed from the rich and he gave to the poor Stood up
1: to the man and he gave him what for Our love for him now ain't hard to explain The hero of Canton, the man they call